Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We're in a pretty good mood after uh, after last weekend. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. I'm the karaoke king. <laughs> can't wait for that. Can we just hurry up and get to the end of the show yeah. already? No, no, we can't, actually. I, I, I've been saving this one up. All right. Oh, my name is Alex. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Sapabud. And I still do not want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Just, just go away. Manic- go away. I don't care. Just go. Uh, go follow Piffles Pod instead on Twitter. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. What a fantastic semifinal. Let's get to that. What the hell Time was that? What was that? I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to laugh at that at the thing because you didn't even assert it last week. What the hell was that? That game was everything. Huh? Yeah, you did. did, you, I miss you, yeah, you, did you, uh, you had me laughing and that was it. There's nothing there. So <laughs> it's like the there. synopsis for every one of our episodes. Exactly. It's it, it just me laughing and nothing there. I, it was hilarious. Meanwhile, I, it it's like, the turf district that's hiring. Really, we should be the ones hiring a producer to do all this stuff for us. Which is funny because it's funny because I I laugh regardless. A uh, little side note: I I nine times I ten, well lately I've been the one editing, and because I'm on the road, Alex is doing the editing again, and I I laugh regardless because I know where it's going because I find it hilarious, and it did not end up in the show, and still funny. No matter what we yeah. do, it's still funny. That might make it funnier, actually. Just it, random laughter for no reason. It was actually. I, I was like, I was listening to him. Like Alex forgot, and this is hilarious. Did I forget it this week? We'll find out. We'll find out. Spoiler <laughs> alert! You you will know before I do. Semifinal weekend, guys. Riders beating Calgary thirty-three to thirty in a shootout that I don't think anybody saw coming. Double overtime. Best kick- one of the wildest games you'll ever see. Best kicker in the league. I told you last week. Best kicker in the league is gonna gonna hit a <laughs> game. And I joke it would come down to uh, to a kicker missing, and sure enough, Renee Paredes missed three field goals in that game, and that was pretty much the difference. He makes any of those kicks. We're probably talking a, a oh. different story this week here on the show, but let, let's let's go to the first half here because that was oh yeah. And we've already talked about everything important. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on. Interception, 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 interception. And that was just Cody Fajardo throwing it to Moxley. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell had two picks thrown to Ed Gainey. And if Gainey didn't slow down, he would have had three too. And neither of those teams looked like they wanted to win. It just, it was a sloppy first half. And things started to kind of pick up when Paredes missed that one field goal. Jamal Morrow returned it all the way for a touchdown, called back on that garbage bogus, penalty, garbage penalty. And don't, like, okay, me, me and Ryan Ballantine, uh, uh, Ballantine, Ballantine, uh, 
Anyone know his name? I don't know anymore. <laughs> anyway, he, he and I, and he came at me. He's like, well, you're going to call that uh, hold on the uh, punt return? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that that garbage, I understand kickers are soft and kickers aren't human, but still, like, that that block on Paradis was garbage. It was a perfect block. He had him right perfect in the shoulder block. and the side. And the only he, the only thing they could have called on that was a blindside block because he was coming back to his own end zone and hit him f- from a blindside blindside position. They could have called that, but they did not call that. They called it an illegal block, which is wrong. It was a legal block. So the semantics wise, could it have been called a penalty? Yes. Was it the penalty they called? Hell no. Well, but but he also went down like there's a guy on the grassy knoll. Like he well, literally a went, he went down like he was shot. And kickers aren't people, so who cares? Kickers are basically soccer players, which aren't people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamal Jamal Morrow made up for it uh, just a very short time later with that punt return <laughs> touchdown. You guys have been talking. Everyone's been talking all year about how he's so close to breaking one, so close to breaking one. And there it was. He finally did it in the biggest stage. So twice. twice. That, that's that's the worst time. part. Twice, but only one counts. You know what, what the best part about Jamal Morrow is? He gets the ball and he heads north. He doesn't piss around. He hits his hole and goes. And he, you need that as a kicker in this league or as a kick returner in this league. Too many times over the last few years, we've had returners who like to go as far west, as far east as they can and try and try and make the hole. And it doesn't work like that. Get the yards you can. And every once in a while, you're going to get a whole hell of a lot more. And for a while now, though, I, I've actually commented on how CFL um, special teams defense, they don't go for the tackle. They go for the big hit. If it wasn't for that guy actually body checking Morrow further out to the right, he might not actually have broken. <laughs> he didn't even go for the tackle. The guy tried to go for the big hit and he just kicked Morrow out past the other uh, tackler. Yeah, he gets a definite assist on that touchdown. It was yeah. really nice of him to to help us score there. I feel I feel like he was upset about the uh, the illegal block call and wanted to give it back to us. That's what that was. And that punt return was the game changer, at least in the first half. Anyway, getting the Riders back into the game, giving them the lead, and the rest of that first half was just garbage. ridiculous. It was garbage? sloppy. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is garbage. That that that. <laughs> That first half, I think I uh, on Twitter I put this half has everything but good football because it was bad. If that, that, but by both sides, it was terrible football. It was terrible. If if you would have told me at halftime that this game would have sixty three points scored, I would have laughed in your face because that was there was nothing there that made me believe that either team was really ready to to break it open. It felt like both teams were saying, "No, you go play in Winnipeg. I don't want to." And of course, the first half ends with a controversy with uh, Duke Williams allegedly spitting on Sean Lemon. Allegedly. And when you look at the replay, I don't know how that's possible. Dude's wearing if a Belikov up to his nose. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I I get uh, Sean Lemon was sour. <laughs> I, uh, 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 I, I get he he felt the squeeze, uh, but Can we just mute him for the rest of the show. <laughs> but okay, like Sean, like that was it was dumb, and and I understand that people were 
saying that maybe he shouldn't be kicked out because that wasn't a punch. It was a push and blah, 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 blah. And he, he's trying to save his ass, for lack of a better term, by saying he got spit on. Dude, like, th- there's cameras on you all the time. Like, heat of the battle, I get it, but he caused your own problems. And people who know me and know my history with Sean Lemon know we are not friends. So keep his name out your mouth. Uh, I will glad I, I, I'm all too late now. I, I said his name. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice, Candyman, whatever. I'll, I'll say his name three times in the mirror if I have to. But he 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 played himself, lack of a better term. He he, he done it to himself, and yeah. I I I absolutely love the move from Duke Williams because the play before Cody Fajardo is trying to to waste the last five, six seconds to save everybody some time and take the kneel down on one play instead of making everybody line up twice. And Sean Lemon decided that was the time he was going to go, you know, hard for the quarterback and, and, and rushed at him. So Duke um, Williams did it right back and I loved it. And it, it obviously got in Sean Lemon's head because he's the guy that does that. You don't get, you don't do that to him. And I don't know what happened between him and Duke after the shove Something happened. There is something there, but he lost his cool, and it was great. There was no better way to end that that half than giving us a free twenty five yards to start the the third quarter. And that was the game changer right there because the start of the opening, or start of the second half with that onside kick, which was a brilliant call by Craig Dickinson. When you're getting that kind of field position, you have to do it. Spalding, the Wilsons, the. Calgary defended that horribly. Oh, that's brutal. That was, that was like, the worst hands team I've ever seen. On there was five kick. riders around around AC Leonard. There, there was there was nothing in red and white. It's like they didn't expect that to happen, even though they like, lined it up. Like Lothar was standing there for five seconds before he kicked it, and it's like Calgary's team just kind of like, oh, what do we do? That's let's four, just stay exactly where we are. Four onside kicks against Calgary this year. Four. Best Four of damn kicker in the CFL. Yeah. Well, period. Like I said, best uh, best kicker in the league will uh win the win the game this week. Like that and AC Leonard, like former receiver turned defensive uh defensive end by uh Chris Jones of all people. Perfect guy to put up there. The dude dude's huge and guy's gotta get hands. He no one talks about that. And also oh AC Leonard, no one expects him like like, dude's huge and he's got good hands. Of course, he's going to be in the onside kick team. Like, come on. And, of course, Riders take the ball down there, score. Keen Schaefer Baker with a touchdown there. Best minute really- and a half of Rider football. I'm sorry. This season, best minute and a half. Mm, I'll counter that a little later. Okay, go ahead. And Cody Fajardo channeled his – the whole second half, he channeled, channeled his inner 2013 Darian Durant, carrying oh the team. He actually ran the ball, which was great. The designed runs, the just being able to scramble out. This was the 2019 Cody Fajardo that we had. That was the MOP nominee in the West. Like this was this was the guy that needed to show up in the second half, and the Riders got it. It reminded me so much of that 2013 semifinal and Durant running the ball. Thank, that thank God, like because that first half, like oh my God, like if if he would have ended four interceptions. And don't get me wrong, I, I stand by <laughs> interceptions are not a quarterback only stat, but that's where they end up. 
if he would have ended up four interceptions and lost that game, oh my god, going into next season, can you imagine? That that fourth quarter touchdown drive was that's where I will say that was the best minute and a half or two minutes of rider football this year. Just perfect pass after perfect pass, quick plays, marched down the field and just walked into the end zone. Like, like he owned the place. That was, that was what I was expecting to see all year. That's what we saw against BC to start the year. And then it just kind of stopped for 13 and a half games. Can, can we just say, like, put a blank check in front of Duke Williams face and just get him to sign it. Like this, this offense has turned around since Duke Williams came into this locker room. <laughs> there's like, there's a lot of fans that'll just say give him Shaq, Shaq Evans money. They, and they should. I'm sorry. I, I like Shaq at all, but and and like I said, not every interception is on the quarterback. One, maybe two of those interceptions were on Shaq. He did not come to the ball. He just kind of lollygagged his way. Ball came his way and Mox and Moxie cut him off. If he would have came back hard at the ball, he would have had it or at least broke up that interception. And God, like he also needs like the writers need to put a 24 hour moratorium on social media for their players because <laughs> he just shoots himself in the foot with a Gatling gun. Like he has got a stub on his ankle because <laughs> he's like, I, I know you guys hate me. It's like, we don't hate you. Just. We just expect better from you. you know, we, and, and we, and if you, if you were not Shaq Evans, we probably wouldn't expect it of you, but just do your job and just stay off social media because you're not doing yourself any favors. I'm sorry. You, you can't make plus what he was, he was into the 200 grand. Was he not or He's, low or high one hundreds? Anyways, well, he, he wants to be the best player, uh, highest paid receiver in the league. He thinks he's number one, but yeah. You can't you can't make that kind of money that he's obviously making and catch one pass for minus four yards in a playoff game. He needs to be better next week. There's no question there, and he hasn't been the Shaq Evans of 2019. I mean, he at all this year. I know he missed a, a good chunk with his uh, with his broken foot, but even before then, I don't really remember him lighting it up. And that's that's a major concern. That's. You know, you Duke Williams has been great. We're missing Kyron Moore. We can't miss Shaq Evans too, and and beat a defense like Calgary's, or sorry, Winnipeg's. That has to be a concern going into next week. We we legit got well. We got Shaq and we got KSB. Lenius has been quiet. McKinnis has been an afterthought. Shaq has not been Shaq Evans, so what, what what are we going to do going into Winnipeg? It's it's a little bit of a worry. Of course, the stamps tie it. We go into overtime. Anybody else feel like after Kean Schaefer Baker dropped that touchdown pass, which was a oh phenomenal, pass, which was a phenomenal pass by Cody Fajardo, couldn't have thrown it any better. Anybody else think that's it? Calgary's going to score a touchdown and win this game because that's exactly what I thought after that. I was like, that was so perfect. And I felt so bad for KSB for dropping that one. Something like it wasn't the easiest catch, but it's, if you're in the pros, you have to have that. And I just felt so bad because I thought, well, that's there's the season right there. Calgary's going to come back and score a touchdown in the the first mini game. It I can tell you, being in the stadium, you definitely were not alone in that feeling. You could hear a pin drop after that drop. It just felt like. 
you know, the air had been let out of the proverbial stadium. It was just, it felt, it felt like we lost right then and there. And it took a little bit of time for, for the fans to get back into it when Calgary got the ball back. I thought KSB stood for uh, Kenny Shoddy, bud. Because Jesus Christ, like that, that is a Kenny Shaw frying pan hands play. Like that was perfect. He hit him and KSP just dropped it. And yeah, like typical rider. <laughs> My favorite part about the being a rider fan experience was, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, the walk off that Lothar hit and the flag came out and everyone just dead. Oh, like, it was dead silent. And no one was ready to celebrate that game until that game, until the officials made their call. You know, you know what? Not quite. It was in the stadium. There was a there was a brief like 10 seconds of, yeah, we made it. We won. We won. And then you could tell the moment everybody saw the flag because it just went from there to just nothing like dead quiet like I mute can, button on the phone quiet i can tell you from my hotel room i was like yes and then also <laughs> I, I saw the flag uh, like as the kick is in the air i'm like what what is going on here like who is offside what are we doing like i i'm sorry t- uh, 2009 has got rider fans with ptsd like this is where we're at right now we, we don't we, we don't want to see f- flags on a on a field goal for a win it doesn't matter like we 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 do not do well with victory this is where we're at like it it is a abusive relationship with the riders i thought it was great coming down to renee paradez in the double overtime missing the field goal which just was just chef's kiss chef's kiss it was perfect and a great job by jamal moore bring it all the way out uh because there's I mean, you don't lose field position at all in, in the overtime mini game. So just bring it out, make sure that there's no single point just in case. And then uh, best kicker in the league, best kicker in the league, best Brent kicker in the league. That's all. That's all I heard. Uh, best kicker in the league. That's why he is the most outstanding special teams player who's going to lose to his to a return guy because he is not the best, best special teams player in the league. It is breath Lothar. And I am glad he's on our side. Actually, before the show, I actually was wearing my uh, uh, BFL shirt and I took it off to put on my uh, Jesus Sprinkles shirt because, dude, there's, there's, there's no one else I want in this league with the game on the line. And if I had to put my the game on someone's foot, it's Brett Lothar. Ice yeah, in his veins. Ice in his veins. 100%. 100%. He, I don't, maybe, maybe we're spoiled, but he, he doesn't seem to miss those plays. And... You know, for all his faults in on Sunday, Paradis has been an amazing kicker in the CFL for oh, definitely years, and he he had the best statistical season. There, you can't argue that fact. But if you had to pick a, a kicker right now for your team from any of the nine kickers in the CFL, other than John Frazier probably picking Sergio, Sergio, most people would pick Brett Lothar. He's younger. He's got. He's still got a decade of kicking left 40 plus. I am putting it on Brett Lothar. I'm sorry. hundred percent 40 plus. And we might be biased, but we're also right. <laughs> Opening kickoff presented by Kathy Feshton of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Let's get to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. We'll take a look at the East semifinal, the Ticats, even though it was only, what was it? 23 to 12, a close game. 
that game was not close. That Steve was, was wrong. Steve was wrong. Yep. It was an absolute domination by the Ticats. Their defense was fantastic. Turnovers, sacks everywhere. Trevor Harris for Montreal was terrible. I'm I, I actually am happy for Montreal's. They don't have to worry about a uh, quarterback controversy next year because Trevor Harris ain't the guy. I'm sorry. He ain't the guy. He's going to end back in Ottawa next year. Where else is he going to go? There's no, there's no sense where... keeping him on, on Montreal. Maybe he ends up in BC if uh, they don't want to pay Michael Riley that huge top dollar anymore. Who's going to pay? Okay, then who's going to pay Michael Riley? That's the problem. That's a great question. Maybe, Ottawa? maybe, maybe Edmonton, maybe Ottawa. I don't know. I could, I could also see Michael Riley stepping away. He's not. I don't think he leaves BC if it's any. If he plays anywhere, or if he doesn't play in BC, I think he walks away from the game. That's that's home now. That's his family lives just across the border, doesn't? It? Yeah, don't they? Yeah, and yeah, and uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, for him to leave there just doesn't make sense. But, my, but that's a, that's more of an off-season discussion. I, I don't see BC going to work full-time. I, I really don't. Like he, He's looked good, but also that was also garbage games that no one cared about. So I, you, you just don't just walk away with Mike, uh, for Michael Riley. I, I don't know. It, it could be interesting. I, I still see Riley out in BC. Of course, the Ticats win sets up the battle of Ontario in the East final, which two Labor Day classics, two Labor Day classics uh, in the, uh, in the conference finals for the league that had a pretty bad season overall. This is the best case scenario to save the season is to have the two biggest rivalries outside of, I mean, having Calgary and Edmonton in there as well, but these are your best rivalries and you have them, to determine who goes to the great cup. They could not have planned that any better if they wanted to, because they needed this, this season I've ragged on it the whole, the whole year, maybe 25% of games might've been good. This is what the league needs. And if they have two great finals here, that basically just sets into motion 2022 and gets everybody geared up for that. I, I just can't wait for the writers. Argos uh, great cup. That's what, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think right I, actually, now, I, actually, I hate to say that uh, Ticats are making the great cup. Like, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, I don't see the Argos beating the Ticats, but I um, said last week, if, uh, if I said Montreal would win, but that if Hamilton won, they would make it to the great cup. But if Montreal won, they would beat Toronto. They, 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 they destroyed. Or sorry. Toronto would beat them. Yeah. They, they just, they destroyed the Alouettes. Like that, yeah, that game was, was, that was bad. That was a terrible game. Yeah, the, the see, I find it interesting that the game in Ontario was the one played on snow, and meanwhile here over in Saskatchewan, we got a beautiful sunny day, perfect Classy. weather for football, right? Like yeah. we couldn't have scripted a better du- day. Du- out double here. over, double overtime, like oh, yeah. my oh, heart can't uh, take games like that anymore. Oh my god, I can't do it either. Flip, flip the script this week because it's going to be high of what minus nine, low of minus yeah. twenty one in Winnipeg for the. For the West final, it'll probably be super nice in Ontario because go figure, of course it will be, right? Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up here in the uh, odds and end zones was a piece that Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post did. And this was a really cool story to me. So on Wednesday, it was his 87th birthday for Jerry Peewee Wozniak. He practiced with the Riders back in 1956. He never made it into a game, but he practiced. And 
in one of the practices, he had a, he was a running back, took the ball, had a touchdown, ended up getting tackled. When, while he was being tackled, he kicked his own foot, his other foot, ended up breaking a bone in his foot, and that ended his career. So what the uh, Riders alumni did with Rob Resciani and Wayne Morski, they put Jerry Wozniak <laughs> on his on his 87th birthday into the Riders alumni, making it official that, yes, you are a part of the team, even though you never played a game, which is basically what you have to do to get in to be an alumni. Very cool story. And check that other leader post. Rob Banstone has that fantastic story. And it surprised him. He had no idea what was going on. And that was just, that was a great feel-good story to me. Hey, Rob, Rob is always the guy with the history. And I'm sure Rob could have told you his stats in practice because that's the kind of type of guy Rob is. And I love I love Rob for that. I don't think Rob's that old, though. Uh, he's not, but I guarantee you he has some stat on, on Pee Wee at some point. But sometimes as much as we talk about how corporate this team's got, how much they forget the fans, how much they forget their history, they do stuff like this. And it's great to see. And the worst part is most Ryder fans won't even know this happened. Pee Wee, and I'm not going to say I know everything about Pee Wee, but this is probably a big deal for him. Because his career was cut short before anything he did. But this probably means the world at 87 years old that he is officially recognized as a Rough Rider. And I know a bunch of people that wish they were. So, And a really cool uh, stat on him is he actually scored the first touchdown for the Regina Rams. So that was uh, really cool to read in that story as well. So good on you, uh, Wayne Morski, former chair of the board for the uh, alumni and, of course, alumni president Rob Resciani to make that happen. Had his family and some friends there as well, and he got to sign the alumni wall. Very, very cool. So good on you guys. Uh, that was great. Hey, can I do a quick CJFL uh, plug? Sure. Congrats to uh, uh, Coach Scotty of the Regina Thunder. He is the C- uh, PFC Coach of the Year. So good, good undefeated on, season. Undefeated season. Unfortunately, Hilltops, like they do, uh, show up in the playoffs. Um, but but got their butts kicked by Langley Rams. I hate I hate to enjoy that as much as I do. But uh, yeah, congratulations to. Uh, Scott, uh, for being a head coach of the year, um, guys, CJFL football, like the, uh, well, you, you look, Logan Furland walks on the team essentially and is in the starting lineup of our uh, offensive line. Like so many great players come from the CJFL and it does not get enough respect. You know, I can't imagine what it's like being, being players in the thunder, being fans of the thunder, you go through an undefeated season win through the playoffs and then lose in a title game as a fan. What's that like, Greg? Uh, it sucks a lot, actually, <laughs> especially when you're really invested as a board member. Like, I got, I got to miss the, I got to miss the uh, Thunder Supper and uh, awards night because of course I'm stuck in frigging Calgary. This city sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Now you got me started, but I, the Thunder, like guys, anyone listening to this, Check out your local CJFL team, be it Saskatoon, be it Regina, Winnipeg, if you're listening, 
Edmonton, you got two teams. Calgary, you got the Colts. CGFL is a great league, some great players, and it's going to be – it's awesome football. Like, check it out. Like, it is up there with CIS, if not better. I, I should uh, add, uh, in case Greg didn't catch that, he's had a few wobbly pops. That was not a shot of the Thunder. That was 100% a shot of the Patriots. Yeah, it was. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part about the whole thing is that uh, he just completely ignored that. I <laughs> did because uh, the Patriots are actually good this year, which surprises everybody. Hey, who, who, so how's Green Bay doing with their uh, anti-COVID uh, uh, quarterback? Yeah, we're, we're nine and three and second in the conference. How are you yeah, guys? second. You're second. Get, how's, how's first. You're not first in your conference. Yes, we are. In the Division, AFC? No, no. We're well, second I mean, in the conference. That's oh, the bigger thing, Greg. Oh, okay, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> My quarterback's still in that case, but he's yeah. a quality or he's a talented nutcase. He, he's got COVID toe, which is apparently a thing. <laughs> Tovid, as it's uh, called. Let's uh, get to the, Okay, my favorite. I said that this story about uh, Pee Wee was one of my favorite things. I don't know. I think this story might be my favorite in the CFL this week. And I know, Steve, you've been waiting all episode for this, all day to uh, to talk about this. The Ottawa Red Blacks and their Stan account of the Riders. So basically on Twitter, the Ottawa Red Blacks social media team put, hey, out of the four teams that are remaining, who should be cheer for? Obviously not including Toronto. You and- never put the Riders in a poll. Do not put the riders in an online poll. <laughs> this is their fault. I am sorry. So they obviously put the riders in there. The riders win. Now they did say, hey, CFL fans. They didn't say, hey, Red Blacks fans. They said, hey, CFL fans, who should we do? So, of course, Rider Nation went out and voted. And Ottawa changed their avatar to a green and white Red Blacks logo. And that set off everybody in Ottawa oh going back God. to their... I passed as the Rough Riders. Even the, the Renegades came up a few times. Uh, okay, and just I, I may have did everything that. There. I now, may have brought up the Renegades. Now, so we're not in Ottawa. We don't fully understand the full tradition there. Don't that's care. Just, don't care. But but the thing is, is, is that's very important to them. That's like if you were to take... If you, that'd be like the riders going back to the Regina Rough Riders. You'd piss off a lot of people. You would piss off a lot of people because it's Saskatchewan. So it's kind of similar in that sense that there's just this deep-rooted tradition of of them, right? So they ended up deleting that and taking it down after all the backlash and put it back to normal. But my favorite thing is just the replies. There were people threatening to give up their season tickets on this. I'm like, really? You guys are really that upset about it? It can't my, be that big of a deal, is it? Can, can, my can favorite I, can, part about all of that was the, the guys going after Chris Hoffley, the, the, the media guy who has nothing to do with their social media account. He's the guy that books interviews and handles the players' PR and that sort of thing. And, and fans were calling for his job. Like, first of all, calling for anybody's job over a silly Twitter joke. You need to you need to take a step back. You're taking life way too serious. Well, I would like to take this time to call for Ariel Zer's job, but seriously, guy, like, who cares? I am sorry. Like, this is a dumb Twitter poll. The Red Blacks did it as a joke, 
and no one cares. At the end of the day, the team will never be the Rough Riders. They wish they were. They can't be. So who cares? The logo wasn't green. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. To threaten a few weeks ago, we can go two weeks ago. I kind of made a joke about the Elks Eskimos thing, saying if you are not, if you refuse to be a fan of a team that changes a color, a logo, a name, whatever, you are not a fan of that team. The Red Blacks fan base showed exactly what they were because apparently changing the logo to a black saw blade with a green R was a step too far. That is now garbage. In their, in their defense, we see it every year during Pride Month when the riders change their logo from the rider green I, to I, the I, rainbow logo. We see all sorts of the same kind of garbage. We see I, that. I, I, I get it. I get it, but this is different. I am sorry. This is different. But, to, but that's what they're compl- like, as complaining about the changing of the color logo. We can't talk. Everybody gets mad about that. Yeah. You, you don't touch the logo. Yeah. Okay. I but, get okay. It. Okay. okay there, there, there's being and bigoted essentially for the, the, for the rainbow. And there's a dumb Twitter joke, social media oh, thing. Let, let me stress. I'm not saying that they're, they're comparable in the, changing of the of the red blacks to green and changing the obviously you're backing an entire community with the with the pride logo yeah. and they're they're two separate things but seeing some of the comments like no our 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 flag is always green the colors are green and white nothing else like i think i think where the red blacks went wrong was changing the color of the logo cuz you you see that all the time you see it in like the logos on the floor in locker rooms, you see it everywhere else. You don't mess with another team's logo. If they would have put up a rider logo instead of the red blacks logo in green, there'd still been, a, there still would have been backlash. It wouldn't have been as much, but the oh. fact that there was backlash at all is just, it blows my mind. Cause I'm looking at it. If they did that to us, like, let's say, let's say we lost last week and the riders said, who should we support? And a poll somehow picked the Winnipeg blue bombers. I'd laugh because it's dumb. And I mean, that's, that's our most heated rival. I can't see me caring. And I may like, does it speak to their passion? Sure. But it also, it, it, it's too much. Like calling for people's jobs. Come on. Canceling season tickets. Then you're not a fan. I'm pretty sure Bobby Dice blocked me for doing a pretenders logo last year changing the r to a p but that's beside (laughs) the point like i i don't understand why the red blacks logo is like sacrilege who cares it's a it's a stupid twitter poll like the the amount of outrage from actually usually very like logical red blacks fans was ridiculous like people i get along with like i, I like i said i got blo- i know i got blocked for doing the pretenders logo but the people that were out there like that i respect the red blacks fans were freaking out because the r was green i'm like what is going on like this makes no sense it is a stupid twitter poll the red blacks are not going green and white the red blacks aren't doing this they aren't doing that they're just 
throwing it out. And then the fact they had to delete it and quietly just step away from it to avoid any more controversy is just ridiculous. My, my favorite part now is just I, I'm going to I guarantee I'm going to do it for the entire rest of the week. But just just those little subtle prods and like somebody said something today. I think it was it was Andrea that said uh, the uh, she thinks the riders are going to win on Sunday. And I said, well, yeah, obviously, with the whole support with the whole uh, support of our nation on our backs. And I had people in my mentions. Like, guys, it's not that serious. You if you're taking my Twitter poll ser- or my Twitter account serious. You're twittering wrong. You guys are missing the uh, the funniest part about the whole thing is the people replying, "Who's Stan?" <laughs> also hilarious. <laughs> well, he, he was obviously the guy in the Eminem video. Um, he he wrote a letter, and, and he still wasn't as crazy as some of these fans. Oh my god, it's just like so the, the the amount of chaos. The Red Blocks caused over something so stupid and then had to walk away from it. They should have embraced it. But when, when you have people like threatening to, to cancel their season tickets, that means someone actually phoned the ticket office to complain because if they're threatening on Twitter, they just ignore it. The fact people probably called the ticket office is ridiculous, which is good, which is actually good, which means the uh, Red Blocks are actually popular in Ottawa. So, yay. Yeah, you can say one thing about this. We learned that their fan base is is crazy? not to be trifled with. They're passionate. They're crazy. But guys, don't call for people's jobs over a Twitter joke. It's not that serious. It's really not. And I'm going to make sure you know it for the rest of this, this season. They're cray-cray. Cray-cray. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's move on here, boys, to the, uh, to the West Final. Riders at Winnipeg. Sad I'm not going because I could really go for some shawarma con right now. I thought you were um, going. Yeah, I thought you were right there. The minute I saw you talking about shawarma con, I'm like, oh, Alex is going. I'm no, stuck in I, Calgary. What's your excuse? I got to work both days. Anyway, Andrew Harris back to practice. Of course he was for the first time in 55 days. Well, he doesn't and, return uh, his shopping carts either, jerk. <laughs> Great news, can, 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 can we talk? Can we talk about the, the ridiculousness that we caused? Ish. I, I love the fact that we are being blo- blocked, muted, whatever, because of stupid memes making fun of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, my, my favorite part is I, I did three of them before the three or four of them before the Calgary game. I was sitting at my parents that like the Saturday and I'm just like, there's been no chirping. Like it's been so quiet. I'm going to throw out the most ridiculous chirps aimed at Bo Levi. And I think I did, was it Bo Levi likes ketchup on his steak? Yeah. And, and then, and then Fonzie did a couple. And I did a couple. And then, and then the next day, like after the game, and, well, me I, and Bal- I look on my me, Twitter me and, account. Me and Valentin went back and forth a few times. Yeah. And then, yeah. Cause he, he, uh, I did the, uh, the one, the one, and he responded to me with, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell wins football game or wins playoff games, and we had fun with that one. Not this one, um, yeah. But and then the next day, Fonzie just did like ten of them first thing in the morning, and I'm like, oh god. No, oh, yeah, we created a monster. I, I love Fonzie, but even though you're know, like, geez, dude, like you're killing it. Oh, he's he's having fun with it. I, oh, he's I having it. a lot of fun with it, and he, he's and, kicking it. He, he's nailing it, but yeah. And, 
and it's just it's just taken off. And now other fans, other teams' fans are getting involved, and I like that part. And that's the best part about the CFL family on Twitter. Yeah. When dumb stuff just goes wild, it is hilarious, and it can be a ton of fun. But Andrew Harris is not returning shopping carts because he's a monster. Let's not forget about that. If I recall correctly, he also takes a penny and never leaves one. I believe that is, that was that is also true. That is also yeah. true. Jerk. So we'll see if he plays this week. And that's going to be a, a huge matchup just because if he plays, sounds like Micah Tights is a 50-50 decision. Uh, that's, here, not good, is... that's not good. That's not good for us. If he plays, Micah Tights being out is not good for us. I'm sorry. Like, I, I love what we have on defense, but Micah Tights is awesome on the run. And I'm a little worried if Andrew Harris is playing. I, I have serious doubts that he's playing, but if I'm Winnipeg, I don't know. I, you might hold him off till the Grey Cup because with Augustine and uh, uh, Olivier, oh god, I'm Olivier, Olivier, Olivier. Yeah. yeah, he. I don't think you need. I hate to say it. I don't think you need him against the Riders. You got a solid running game right there. But, well, look what Kadeem Carey did against us. Oh, on Sunday, I I'm worried not having Micah Tights on the roster. I really, I hope even, even, even if he's at 90%, I hope he plays because he has been the biggest surprise for the riders this season. Like Just I said, to see him go from the biggest concern to Cameron, who I, st- I stand by, he should have been our most outstanding Canadian nominee because yep. he was that good this year, but he doesn't get the pretty stats. Oh no. That's, he, that's he, the problem. The, the, fa- the fans, the fancy stats are always going to, outweigh everything you come up most outstanding special teams most on defense most on canadian if you got the fancy stats you're going to be there but a guy like micah tights who's like nailing it every game is not going to get the not going to get the recognition and not to knock keon schaefer schaefer baker let's just use his first his last name Uh, not to knock him he had a hell of a season but i agree with you uh that uh, most outstanding canadian should have been should have been tights and if he's missing that's a big concern no matter who's at running back and uh, Jay Dearborn is going to be out for this game with an injury. Duke Williams, um, turf toe. So that's one of those tricky injuries where they could actually sideline him for the game. Or if he tries to play through it, he could be very ineffective. COVID toe? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this one shakes out because they cannot afford to lose Duke Williams for this game. Duke, okay, this offense when Duke, Duke Williams came in to before Duke Williams came in, like, like I said, just drive a Brinks truck in front of his house and just dump it. Like at this point, like he's got to be here next year. If he's not, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Just make sure it's Ryder Nation. Make sure you actually go to his house, not his. Yeah, you're not his neighbor. Do not do not yeah. dump a Brinks truck in front of his neighbor's house. Which is oh, better I'm sure than, his neighbor wouldn't complain about that one. Yeah, that 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 one's different than Paul McCallum's neighbor. <laughs> Duke Duke Williams missing is going to be might actually be a bigger deal than than Micah Tights. Because he's what make, what drives our offense right now. He's our biggest weapon. And if you take him off the field, I don't know that we have the the bullets in the chamber to to win a game like this against against Winnipeg. And he's been what here three four games. Like this is this is ridiculous. How much how important he is to this offense. Like you can tell Cody was trying to get Shaq involved, and Shaq just was not there. Duke Williams, like. Oh my God! Like this, this offense is different with Duke Williams in it, and you need to sign him for next year, and you need to have him on the field. 
Are you guys worried about the rest for Winnipeg? Like, is that going to affect them so much? Just not having a, a meaningful game in six weeks? I don't I think, think it's going to affect them very much. Because I think it's actually going to help us. I'm not going to lie. I think having a team that far off and not playing in a while is probably a good thing for the riders because they're kind of just resting on their laurels, which is where you should rest. But it's usually not good for a team who's not had to play a important game in a while. I get it. They're all pros. But when, you, when you're that far from playing a game that actually means anything, you kind of come in flat. So, and not, not them, only not only be not played a game you don't mean or that hasn't mean anything in months, but you're also you got to think they've been reading their own press clippings. This is they're they're David, we're Goliath. They're the obvious team to win the Grey Cup. We're just the team they have to go through. You know, I I think the the time off is going to hurt them. I don't know if it's going to hurt them enough for us to win, but it definitely matters. Yes, it helps get them healthy too, but that's a lot of rust to shake off in the biggest game of the year up till now. I think their coaching staff is too good to let that happen. I think that Mike Gaucher and uh, Richie Hall, for sure, just they're, they're too good. And the players, they're veterans. They've won before. They know what it takes to win that it's not, they're not going to let it happen. It might be a drive or two that they're rusty for. And those are the two drives that the riders need to score on to jump out in front. But I can't see it being that big of a deal. They've, I know they've had nothing to play for, but I just think this team is too good to let that affect them too much. Oh, don't get me wrong. Winnipeg is by far the best team in the league. Unfortunately, at some point, someone's got to beat them to win the Grey Cup. And God help me if Winnipeg wins back-to-back Grey Cups because it's not going to end. But I think the Riders got the best shot to do it. I really do. And that's just based on what the team they have, if everyone shows up. Like, I, w- I would put our secondary against Winnipeg's secondary. Our defensive line matches up with their defensive line. The only downfall might be our offensive line against their defense, uh, their offensive line. Quarterback receivers, I'd, I hold, our, uh, hold ours against theirs. I would put William Powell against uh, Andrew Harris. Like, we are probably the best matched up against Winnipeg, but they just got their crap together faster before we did. I think you highlighted the one part that's that's the biggest glaring difference between uh, the Riders and the Bombers, and it's that offensive line. Their their defensive line is great. Our offensive line is okay. And prop, props to them. They played their best game of the they season did. against Calgary 100%. and didn't allow a sack. So they we didn't mention that earlier. We should have. Uh, they were fantastic. But you know what? Not only did they, did they not uh, let out a sack, but or let a sack happen, but they. The, the team involved William Powell. They got the ball They got the ball on the ground. They had a bunch of short passes. They got Cody Fajardo moving. That was what you need to do with an O-line that is, for lack of a better term, okay. You get, you get all three of those things going, and you can keep Cody upright. But you, you plan three five-second uh, passing plays and, and, and make Cody drop back every play, and he's going to die. I, like I said, we, we match up best against the Bombers than anyone else in the league does. I'm concerned, but I'm not worried. I I think we'll be fine. But 
winning winning in Winnipeg is hard. Just ask the Bombers uh, the first couple of seasons at the ITF. I, it's 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 not going to be easy, but I I think the Riders can do it, and it's going to be even better walking in Hamilton as the West Division champion. My favorite thing on this show is when Greg laughs at his own jokes. Well, someone's has to because you guys don't, <laughs> jerks. I think the biggest X factor in this game is uh, compared to the uh, the last two playoff games between the Riders and the the Bombers in eighteen and nineteen is the roles are reversed. All the pressure is on Winnipeg to win this game. They have to win this game, right? Because they're so much better than everybody else. The Riders won their game that they had to. They're not expected to go into Winnipeg and win. So for for Winnipeg, they need to do this. And I think the Riders' best chance is to get the ball first, score, punch them in the mouth, because Winnipeg has not faced any adversity at all this season. Oh, they none. have not trailed. None. Like they barely trailed at all, all season long. And you know, Argos was defense, the closest team to do it. They're not Argos going to give up any points in the fourth quarter. Winnipeg hasn't given up any points in the fourth quarter all season long. And the only times they did was in meaningless games. So you know you're not going to score there in the fourth quarter. At least a whole bunch anyway. So you got to get out there first. If you can get up to a, a 7 nothing, a 10 nothing lead to see how Winnipeg responds to that, that's your best chance for the Riders to win. So all the pressure's on Winnipeg. They need to come out and win. And with having all that time off, it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how that the start of the game happens. I, I just can't wait till the uh, Bomber fans uh, boo uh, Zach Clarison at PSA because the, they're losing so bad. Stupid Bomber fans. Still, still my favorite. Still my favorite moment at IG Field. Oh, that was so good. And uh, before we get to our official picks here, do want to give a special shout out to Bob Irving, voice of the Bombers on CJOB Radio in Winnipeg. He is calling his final game of his career over 40 years as the voice of the Bombers, which is pretty impressive. So, in honor of Bob, Bob Irving, Irving, in honor of Bob Irving, f the XFL. <laughs> He hates he hates American football so. Oh, much. he hates the XFL so much, and everything that came out with the talks between the C- CFL and the XFL, he was right there, crapping all over it. So, in honor of Bob Irving, may I say, f the XFL. There's not many people that love the CFL more than Bob Irving. So good for him for uh, the last forty plus years, and to uh, to be such a great ambassador for the CFL. And. And in all honesty, and in all seriousness, as a former media media student, and Alex can attribute this as well, Steve, he, he did his own thing. IT, apparently. I don't know. He, he does a thing. Um, Bob Irving was always very giving to the media students who wanted to um, learn further. He Bob, Bob would give his time. So Bob was a great mentor to people out there, especially in the Winnipeg area. So. Uh, Bob's Bob's one of the good ones as much as I love making fun of him for being dated on some of his thoughts, but Bob, Bob's a good one. So, and, he, uh, and he's a Sasky boy too, just outside of Regina as well. Yes, so yeah, I know You're always on the, always on the wrong side, but Bob's a good guy. All right, guys, let's get to our uh, official picks here for the division finals battle of Ontario, Hamilton at Toronto. I said it last week, if Hamilton beats Montreal, they're going to win or to get to the great cup they're gonna win i, the I, I think we're all on this one I, th- I think they're gonna go walk into toronto and just just put their foot down their throats like i'm sorry toronto 
like Ryan Didwe, blue eyes and all, is not ready for what's going to come come in because Steinauer is going to kick his throat in. Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Riders at Winnipeg. I, I like the. I, I I don't know. I don't know if King Homer's with me on this one, but I think the Riders going to win. I really do. I like the way we line up. It's the only weakness the Riders show compared to Winnipeg is their offensive line. So. I think the Riders got what it takes to win. If we put a game plan together like we did in the second half against Calgary, move Cody around, run the ball, short passes, take Winnipeg's defensive line out of the game and protect the ball, I think the Riders I think the Riders win. It's going to be close. It's going to be a tight game. Unless it's not, if it's not, it's not going to be good for us. So, so you do you want me to do the prediction like I did last week, where someone chew my nails off and we will go overtime again, or what? No, let's not. I I cannot handle an overtime to go to Grey Cup. I'm going to Hamilton. I will I will say this about Grey Cup though: it is way more fun when the riders aren't in it, but great, the game day sucks. So, it it makes the whole week stressful when when the team when your team is actually in the game, but. I I am predicting that we will be there. I really want to say that the Riders win because I think it will be a close game for sure. It's going to be a one-score game. This team hasn't scored a touchdown against Winnipeg all season long. And three. that still three. worries. That's three. still... I, I'm, I'm doing the deadly three. And I'm not even doing a three. I'm doing a deadly three. They're getting three. Until they can get one, then I just don't see them winning this game I, I think they will actually score against them but they've shown nothing in the last few games against Winnipeg the very even going back to 2019 to prove to me that they can hang with them so for that reason I reluctantly say Winnipeg by six points Riders going three touchdowns against Winnipeg you heard it here for six this. Did you say six? Three. I said three. I heard six. I was like, Jesus, man. No, he said six points. He said, okay. He said, he said, said Winnipeg by six. He said Winnipeg by six. I said, okay, I, put, I put those, I put those two thoughts together. Yes. Riders again, three touchdowns in Winnipeg this week. We're getting 21 points. Telling you right now. Well, it should be a one hell of a West final. And uh, we'll be back next week. Well, Steve won't. He'll be at Grey Cup. Steve, you should do the show live from Grey Cup. That'd be fun. Hey, depending on what we do, what day we do it, I'm down. You know, get a Sharpie, take off your shirt. That ain't them... happening ever again. <laughs> Never, the... ever, ever, ever again. Let the freak flag, let the freak flag fly. No, that'll happen next year because I'm a bad influence on you, Steve. Oh God. So uh, it'll be that's fun. That's gonna be we'll, scary. We'll have a lot of fun next week talking about the Grey Cup and, of course, uh, hopefully talking about the riders in it, which would be absolutely awesome. And uh, but until then, enjoy the game, everybody. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Roy LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Greg, you got the, the pipes all warmed up. You ready to go? Here's Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. We've got the best kickers. Screw Paradise. The Ghost Behind Your Mind.